0: Chuck Barrett on Out of Bounds is brought to you by Bradford Marine and ATV. Bradford Marine is taking orders for tracker in Can-Am ATVs and side-by-sides. Inventory is on the way, but will go quickly, so don't miss out. Reserve your new tracker or Can-Am today from Bradford Marine and
1: ATV with six statewide locations. Chuck Barrett, the voice of the Arkansas Razorbacks, how are you doing this afternoon, Chuck?
0: John, I'm okay. How are you guys today?
1: Well, we're doing great. Uh, You know, just getting closer and closer to that bowl game and to getting into the Christmas spirit for sure. And, you know, another thing, too, about today is uh, we're hoping that it could be a different night for Arkansas compared to what it was on Saturday night in here in North Little Rock, Arkansas losing to Hofstra, which was a very frustrating game, I know, for Eric Musselman and his team. But... I mean, Chuck, you were there on the call, man. Like that, that seemed like one of the more, at least to me, that was one of the more frustrating games to watch under Eric Musselman, and it seemed like he kind of agreed.
0: Oh, I think it might have been the most frustrating of the time that he's been here, to be very honest. And and it was disappointing. I mean, I think there was just disappointment all the way around, from particularly the fans. I mean, what a great crowd. Just, you know, for two days, it was just a great atmosphere. I'm, I mean, I think everybody that came down at a great time, you could tell that the fans were ready to explode throughout the ball game, and except for that one run, there wasn't really much for them to get excited about. And that was, um, you know, that was disappointing. I mean, when Hofstra scores eighty nine on you, um, you know, really when anybody scores eighty nine. Again, not taking anything away from Austra, but they did pretty much whatever they wanted to do. And, um, you know, they've. Uh, they got to pull it together. I mean, they've got tonight, or yeah, I got tonight. There's not anything left before the conference opener. Plus, you're going to be gone for three days, so um, it's it's probably time to get it in order.
1: Yeah, and not only to add on top of that too, but it was a former player that was really the one that dominated you and Bebe, and what he was able to do for Hofstra too. So I think that just what made matters even worse. Is that you had somebody who was on your team last year? He was the one that was causing the biggest issue for you.
0: Well, and you know the thing is, you know, Bebe practiced against these guys, or at least some of them, Jalen particularly, and Connor. I mean, he's um, has gone up against those guys, you know, repeatedly in practice. So um, I think you know he had a pretty good understanding of, you know, particularly Jalen. I think what he was going to be able to, you know, do and not do. But you know, it was a it was a team effort or lack of effort, however you want to put it. I mean, they just. Uh, uh, they 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 beat the Razorbacks off the dribble drive all night. Uh, they pick and rolled them to death. And uh, when it was over, I mean, it just uh, you know just it was just kind of ugly.
1: Yeah, and when you mentioned tonight against Elon, which you know Elon's three and nine, but let's also be real about it. They played some really good teams this year. I mean, they played Florida, they played West Virginia, they played North Carolina, they played Duke. So. Them walking into Bud Walton Arena tonight is not going to be anything intimidating or anything they haven't seen so far this year.
0: Well, and, you know, if there was any intimidation looking ahead, I mean, I'm sure the fact that Hofstra won Saturday night's taking that away. Um, you know, they played Duke on Saturday night and uh, played there and lost big. And they played at North Carolina. and uh, They played at Florida, as you mentioned. They played West Virginia. Uh, now they've lost big in those games. Um, They do play Hofstra um, on New Year's Eve, by the way. Hmm. Um, But, um, uh, you know, they've played good teams. And, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think Arkansas is in a position to take anything for granted or any team for granted. Um, You know, but I do think tonight is probably a lot more about Arkansas than it is about Elon. And I say that with respect to Elon. But um, Arkansas's got to figure some things out about their team. Uh, it's a quick turnaround. wasn't much practice on Sunday. Um, you know, you got a game going on right now. The arena time for him to practice has not been very much the last couple of days. They did some stuff in the um, practice center, but you know, basically, you're turning around on very little prep and playing. So, I think a lot for Arkansas tonight's about how the Razorbacks play, as opposed to countering what Elon does
1: you think that uh, Musselman will continue to tinker with the starting lineup a little bit? Because we saw K.K. uh, Robinson actually in the starting lineup as well as Stanley Amude. Do you think he'll mix it up a little bit more again tonight?
0: Oh, I think that's a possibility. Um, I think that, um, you know, the coaching staff sees all the things that we don't see. Uh, What happens on the practice floor? What happens in the locker room before a game? What happens in the locker room after a game? Um, Are you on time? are you going to class um are you doing all these things um and you know those things contribute to playing time and they have a role in who starts and who plays um you know Muss is not a public guy about that stuff and, and probably will never be but um you know that's a long answer to your question that yeah i think he's going to continue to tinker and I think how guys handle themselves off the floor and work on their games and work on themselves is going to have as much to do with um, who plays as anything else.
1: Yeah, because we've had some people kind of in low key panic mode, at least on these on this show uh, yesterday, especially where they're just starting to think that they're throwing their arms up and make hey, this is this looks like it could spiral out of control. But my thing is though, Chuck, is it's like I know there's talent on this team. I think we all understand that there's talent. Uh, it's just they just got to continue to be cohesive and, and do the things that you know like the, the pick and roll, be able to defend that much better, not have bad turnovers, be able to defend the three ball. It seems like everything is fixable. I guess is what I'm getting at. This isn't a team that's just going to continue to get worse or that this they're just not, not good. It just seems like the things that they're struggling with are things that are extremely fixable. They just got to actually go out there and fix them.
0: Well, if you think about where they were this time a year ago, um, this is really where it began to to, to start to come together. If you think about right after the first of the year, they were in conference play and they, um, you know, things didn't, uh, you know, things didn't go quite like they wanted. And uh, Justin Smith kind of emerged as the leader of the team. And, you know, as we went on through the year, um, you know, it's not like Jalen Williams and Devonte Davis were, were, you know, getting a whole lot of minutes early in the year, last year, they really emerged after the first of the year. And so, I think it's going to be important over the next two or three weeks that uh, they figure out whose team this is. Uh, you know, and I'm not just talking about. Obviously, it's Eric Musselman's team, but when they get out there on the floor, uh, who's it belong to? You know, Jalen Tate and Justin Smith kind of ran the show last year, and um, you know they're, they're 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 going to have to be leaders emerge on the floor. Guys are going to have to earn that leadership tag with the way they play and so um you know this is this is the pattern that we've seen before under mice and uh but the next two or three weeks are going to be really important there's no doubt about that
1: speaking with chuck barrett the voice of the arkansas razorbacks thanks to bradford marine atv here on out of bounds chuck china shifting gears a little bit to to razorback football obviously bowl preparations are underway we've got to hear from sam Pittman and dealing with some of the practices and everything but one of the things was trey williams uh, of course, uh, he was unrested Sunday morning, uh, for DWI, but then he opted out of the bowl game and is going to forego, uh, his, uh, his senior year or his next year in well as is the bowl game, but looking at the absence of him, he was really good this year. He was a, he was a big time player. How, how do you feel like they're going to be able to try to fill that void of him not being on the team for this bowl game?
0: Well, I'm certainly not going to suggest you're better off without Trey Wicks because I don't believe that. Um, I do think that that's a spot where some guys can, you know, they've, they've cross-trained, as they call it. Uh, some of it's going to depend on whether or not they're in a three or a four-down line front. Uh, I'm sure we'll see both during the course of the game. Um, Eric Gregory's a really versatile guy. You uh, can move Tari and Carter around a little bit. There, there, there are some guys that have um, played multiple spots on that defensive front. Uh, Deshaun Stewart will play more, I'm sure. Um, Zach Williams probably play more, so um, I think personnel wise, um, I don't think it's going to be a dramatic drop off. Again, I'm not suggesting you're you're better off without him because you're not, but you know if you look at his sacks, I mean they they came in bunches and some of them came in the first of the year, and um, you know he he got himself in a bad spot and 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 they're not going to be able to have it, so. Um, you know, there are, there are good players at that position, though, and I, I think they'll be fine on the defensive front.
1: Well, and it's just cool to see, like speaking of Trey Williams and all of that, and like the transfers and the immediate impact that these guys had. Like, you know, last year you thought the team did pretty well and they were going to be better this year, which they were for sure. But it just goes to show you that, like, man, you can go into that transfer portal and immediately make a difference. I mean, you can immediately get guys on the defensive line, which might be, one of the two most important position groups besides the offensive line to be successful in the SEC to make it work. And it was just really cool to see those three guys, especially on the defensive front, come in, not being with the team last season, and make all the difference in the world on that defensive front.
0: Well, you can certainly improve yourself with the transfer portal. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Now, Obviously, we pay attention to all the guys that hit. Uh, They're a lot more than this, just to be very frank about it. I'm going to be interested to see if there's not some leveling off on this portal as we move through the next few years. Um, You know, it's a double-edged sword. You get performance from these guys, and it certainly helps you. Um, You know, the flip side of the coin is a lot of times when they're transferring toward the end, um, they're trying to improve their stock. And sometimes if you get to a bowl game, they – um, they've done what they needed to do, and they move on. And so, um, you know, there's, there's. I don't believe uh, that there is the uh, the same feeling uh, that the, you know, that a kid's going to have that's been there three or four years. Am might be mistaken on that? But um, that's 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 hard to pull off in a short amount of time. So you can improve yourself. There's no doubt about it. It's a hit and miss deal. And it's a trade off. Uh, but you know, when you look at what Trey did, and I think. You know, more specifically, when you look at what John Ridgeway did you know, early in the year, particularly, I, th- I think that Arkansas benefited from that. They got some new ones coming in. If you can get them to buy in. Uh, some of these guys can help you in a hurry. Oh, you
1: know, there. There's no doubt about it. And uh, it's funny, Chuck, because we had Coach Z on last week, and he was talking about the travel arrangements and going down to the Razorback football game. He's saying that he's actually going to be there later because he's going to Starkville for the Razorback basketball game, because he didn't want to miss out on that. As far as for you, though, what's your week look like when it comes to the bowl game itself as far as flying <laughs> in and all that? Uh, I, I assume you will not be in Starkville that Wednesday, but how does that shape up?
0: Oh, uh, let me tell you something. This not this, this this was Matt Zimmerman didn't have anything to do with this decision. He's saying <laughs> I didn't want to miss that. Here's the truth. We're both going to be in Starkfield.
1: Oh, okay. We're both
0: going to do the basketball game that night. We're gonna fly back with a basketball team. We're gonna get here late, get back to Fayetteville late. We're gonna get a little sleep, and we're gonna get on a plane the next morning with the rest of the staff here, and we're gonna to fly to Tampa. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be in Starkville, and I'll be in Starkville. And don't let Z play hero on you, because uh, it wasn't like he was uh, uh, he was uh, he was wanting to make this. Decision. He was wanting to go to Tampa fly to Starkville, fly back to Tampa. And uh, Learfield said, no, I don't think that's
1: going to happen. Uh, that cracks me up because, yeah, last week, if you would have heard him on the interview, Chuck, he was oh, just like, oh, yeah. I
0: know how he is. I know how <laughs> he is. But uh, that, would, that would go all the line.
1: Oh man, yeah, that. Well, I love that. Well, either way, so you're you're going to be going to obviously Starkville on Wednesday, and then getting down there for the bowl game in Tampa. As, as far as are you going to be involved in any of the the uh, festivities that are going on around the surrounding the bowl game, or is it more just you're going to be doing the game? Like what's going on in, with uh, Chuck Barrett and the the voice guys being down there?
0: I I don't think uh, you know we're going to get in uh, Thursday afternoon, and um, you know the games are early Saturday, and so. You know, by the time we get going Friday, it's going to be you know it's going to be about twenty four hours from the game. So uh, I can tell you, for me, I'm just going to try to go from basketball mode to football mode. Try to have all my football stuff mm-hmm. done before I go do the basketball game. So uh, I, I got to juggle my mind more than anything. But uh, I don't I don't know that we'll do a lot. But uh, in terms of the stuff on Friday. Uh, not anything that I know about, but I'm sure I'll be around.
1: Well, and, and, you, and since you've obviously gone to a few bowl games, Chuck, I'm curious to just, obviously, you know, you want to go to the best bowl game if you're a Razorback football team and, you know, go to New Year's Six Bowl or the college football playoff. But as far as all the bowl games that you've been to as part of the Razorbacks, did you have one that you really enjoyed the most as far as maybe not just the game, but the things surrounding it, maybe the the way that the the media was treated or anything? Is there any particular bowl game that stands out to you?
0: Well, the Cotton Bowl is head and shoulders above the best, or, or head and shoulders above the rest. I mean, it's 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 not even close. Uh, they are uh, the most hospitable. Uh, even back in the old days when you played it, uh, you know, played it in the old stadium when you know before you had the playoff and the rotation and all that. It's it's always been the best bowl. It's always been the best bowl for our fans. It's always been the most hospitable bowl in terms of. Uh, welcoming the people into their city and uh, to their bowl game. Um, going to the uh, going to the Sugar Bowl is a pretty big deal, but I can tell you it was not in terms of other than the game. Um, it doesn't even compare to the Cotton Bowl. I mean, yeah. the Cotton Bowl is in a class class by itself. But that's a uh, that's a very good bowl. And even though the Liberty Bowl is not at the top of people's pecking order. Find me a Razorback fan that hasn't had a good time when we played a game over in Memphis. And and I've had a great time every time we've gone to that bowl. They are very hospitable as well. And so um, I think the bowl experience is important. I think when we talk about there being too many bowls, uh, we focus on the games that interest us. Um, I've been to some great bowls, and I've been to some, you know, by comparison, minor bowls. And some might even call insignificant bowls. I've never one time after the bowl heard somebody say, "Man, I wish I hadn't gone." Hmm. Um, everyone always has fun, and it's a time for the families to be with the kids. And um, I think that uh, I think bowl games are great, even the ones that some people say shouldn't be there. I think I think all of them serve a purpose.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And the thing is, is I haven't been to obviously a lot of bowl games, but even like the Texas Bowl down in Houston, I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was a great one, and this will be a cool experience of being the. Outback Bowl never been, and the one thing that I always heard like funny stories about Chuck was about the uh, Independence Bowl in Shreveport, which I guess Arkansas played in uh, against Missouri back in I think two thousand and three or two thousand four, something like that. Uh, but uh, it's it's funny how certain bowl games, though, even though people have fun, some of them have some interesting locations, some interesting stories, and some interesting times to have uh, to be had after them too.
0: Well, everything I just said about every bowl game being great. The Independence Bowl is the one bowl that really tests that theory. (laughs) Um, But, uh, um, hey, uh, I will say this about that bowl game. They've kept it there, and they've kept it being played for a long time after it was declared dead. And uh, that city really supports it. It's important to them, and they absolutely positively do the best they can. There's just not a whole lot to the city itself. You know, you mentioned the Texas Bowl. I mean, gosh, Houston's a great town. I, I call it a town. I mm-hmm. mean, it's an international city. Yeah, Houston's a great place to go. That was an NFL stadium. There was a couple of six-and-six six teams. But everybody that went had a great time, at least as far as I know they did. And um, But, uh, yeah, the Independence Bowl is probably the one that uh, tests the all-bowls-are-good theory. <laughs> Well,
1: and it, it was cool too because I remember when Arkansas played in the Vegas Bowl against UNLV way back when, and I remember you know that was kind of se- seemed like a lower tier bowl, but now that it's been I guess Vegas Bowl every other year has an SEC connection. Chuck, I mean I'll take whatever bowl game Arkansas goes to, and obviously I would love for them to go to a New Year's Six Bowl or anything like that, but I feel like the Vegas Bowl would probably be pretty fun if Arkansas ever found their way over there in Las Vegas.
0: Well, we went there one time and uh, played a lousy game in a high school stadium. We got beat. Football wasn't very good. But uh, you can find some things to do in Vegas when they're not playing. Um, (laughs) But don't expect to come home with a lot of cash.
1: No, no, don't expect uh, to come. You probably come home with a lot of different things that you probably didn't expect to. So that that's kind of yeah, the maybe way. so. Yeah. That's, Dad,
0: hey, that's your world, John.
1: <laughs> well, I won't reveal my secrets or anything like that, but uh, I guess we'll find out if Arkansas ever makes it to the Vegas Bowl. But should be a lot of fun. Well, Chuck, we always appreciate you joining us. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday, man. And we uh, look forward to catching up with you next week.
0: All right. Thanks a lot. Same to you and uh, all our listeners. So
1: everyone has great holidays. Actually, I, Chuck, I'm sorry. Real quick, we had a question from a listener. I wanted to get in real quick. He was just one. He just wanted to ask you how badly do the Hogs miss Jalen Tate, and who will step up to be the leader for this basketball team? He wanted to know that.
0: Well, they miss Jalen Tate. I mean, how much? It's hard to quantify, but they miss Jalen Tate. Uh, I think it's got to be Devo. Uh, I mean, I think Devo's got to take over this team. I, th- I think, I think that's, I think that's his challenge. I think it's got to become his basketball team.
1: Well, there you have it. Well, Chuck, have a great one, man. We appreciate it.
0: All right, thanks, guys. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas again. That was Chuck Barrett, the voice of the Razorbacks, joining us. Thanks to Bradford Marine and ATV.